Welcome to WeRDB. I am Brendan, joined as always by Danielle. Hello. Thanks for joining us again this week as we count up the IMDb's best movies of all time and discuss some of the greatest films you mightn't ever have seen. This week, rated as number 22 on the Internet Movie Database by millions of film lovers from around the world is City of God. Released in 2002, City of God is a Brazilian crime drama set in Rio de Janeiro, set mostly in the 1970s. It is based on the short story by Paulo Lins from 1997. The film is directed by Fernando Marielles and Katia Lund. Now, even though it's based on the short story, it's an autobiographical short story, so it is based on true events. Um, I'm guessing that the main protagonist of this, he became a journalist and reporter, so I guess that he's the one who became the writer. I couldn't mm. find much exactly, um, because at the end of this, he said his name was Wilson, I think it was. Wilson Rodriguez. Yeah, and it, the short story isn't credited for that name, so I'm not really sure who exactly wrote this, but it is based on true events. Okay. And this does seem very much like an indie film, um, more so yeah. than... A lot of the other things that we've had on the list. It's an indie Brazilian film, so it's all in Portuguese. The big tells, I think, are the lighting and the camera angles. There's no use of really typical high-budget cinematography in this movie. Yeah, and there's not really anyone involved that you might have really heard of. They're all local Brazilians. Yeah, there is a an actress in this, his girlfriend, Rocket's girlfriend, who she was also a small character in I Am Legend. Oh, so really? I, I had seen her before, um, and she's speaking English with an accent, obviously, but that's the only character that I've seen in this. And it only cost $3 million to make, and they made mm-hmm. 10 times that amount at the box office. Oh, wow. So uh, they did pretty well for themselves, and I think that it's definitely an independent film. It was nominated for four Oscars, but it didn't win any. I have heard of this film before, but I just never got around to watching it. Someone once described it to me as one of the best foreign language films you'll ever see. So I was like, I had very high hopes going into this. And then after the success of this film, there was also a TV series called City of Men, which I think ran for three or four seasons. Uh, and that ended with a movie, City of Men, hmm. uh, in 2007. So it was quite successful. Was it meant to be a spin-off, or was it meant to be like a sequel? This movie. Um, I think it was meant to be a little bit of both because it's okay. set after the events of this and it had some of the same characters in the TV series, uh, but it was following other characters through the City of God, I believe it is. I, okay. Yeah, I'm not really sure. So what did you think of this film? I wanted to start off by saying this is one of those movies where it starts at a point and then you go back in time and then you work back up to the present moment. And for whatever reason, I didn't remember that. It's, it's very yeah. evident that it does that, but for whatever reason, my brain didn't pick up on it, so it was kind of a little bit confusing for me, and that probably affected my watch of it a bit. Um, I don't think I liked it very much. Okay. And I'm not, I'm not sure why. I'm trying to think about, because I don't mind foreign language films, but this one, I think it has something to do with the fact that it is Portuguese that they're speaking. It's a very fast language. Yeah, and there's a lot of dialogue in this. There's a lot of dialogue, 
and it's it's important dialogue like the, and there's a lot of narration so there's a lot of narration yeah I do well reading subtitles it's just it was very draining for me to watch this because I was like holy shit holy shit holy shit it's very fast yes yeah and that I think has something to do with the fact that it is a Latin American film because if you look at say Spanish in Latin America versus Spain or Portuguese in Latin America versus Portugal I think Latin Americans speak a lot faster and I think that's just a, a cultural thing so that definitely impacted the way I felt about it because it was very dialogue heavy and not being a native Portuguese speaker, it made it a bit more strenuous for me to watch it. That said, like you could definitely tell that this was made for a Portuguese speaking audience. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like Compared to the last foreign language film that we did, which was Seven Samurai in Japanese, that doesn't have as much reliance on listening to the language it's more on visuals and looking at the actors and how they're interacting while this like you said is for a portuguese audience so that's why it's written that way and that's why there's a lot of narration and emphasis on that is because it was never meant to be a subtitled movie intentionally exactly and like if you compare it to seven samurai again in that time period which it was created in the 50s was it the 50s yeah 1954 storytelling and movies were a lot more about acting than they were, you know, they, they used storytelling through acting and movement because that was the whole gimmick, right? Is that like, holy crap, you're watching a moving picture. That was yeah, something new. We mentioned in that episode that they had come from stage background. Like they, it was a transition yes. from theater to film. Um, so mm-hmm. it was basically a lot of these early films feel like a theater presentation. You're watching a like, play. Yeah. Like even uh, 12 Angry Men was exactly what that was. Um, Because that was literally an adaptation, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of these things were. So all that said, this... was a little hard to follow. Yeah, I'm just thinking if I had watched this in English, I probably would have found it a bit more enjoyable, and that's not at all shitting on foreign language films. I'm just saying for me personally, it was because of the nature of the movie and the nature of the language they were using, it made it more difficult to enjoy because of how much I was having to focus to pay attention. So yeah. all that said, I think I think if I spoke Portuguese, I would have enjoyed it more. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It was a pretty intense movie. Um, it's about gangs in the poorest part of Rio. So most of this movie was set in the ghetto of Rio, especially the second half, right? Yes. But the City of God, where these guys grew up in the 60s, is a slum outside of the city. Is that right? I was a little confused as to what is the City of God. I think there's a scene where you can see the City of God as it shot when it was in the 60s. And the whole point of this housing initiative is that anybody who was homeless, was poor, didn't have anything, the government would ship them to this ghetto. And it was all prefab houses. And like you pointed out from your architecture perspective, these houses were made to be added on to. So I think the change that we saw in the scenes that were set in the 60s versus the 70s is that the city and the slum underwent that change in that 10 years. So I'm asking, is that the same place? I think it is. That's incredible if that is. Because when I was watching it, I really thought that they had like grew up and moved out of the city of God and now they're in the city. 
So what you th- you're saying might have happened in the 10, 15 years is that the city grew around them and they're in the same area. I think they did, and I'll tell you why. Because Rocket took those pictures of Lil Zed and his gang, and he was really mad at that female journalist because he's like, I can't go back there, I'll die. She's like, how did you get these? How did We've never been able to get pictures in the city of God. He said, I live there. So those pictures, right, those pictures were taken at the apartment, which was a very important spot in this movie. It was where the gang kind of congregated, lived, and fabricated drugs, Um, and these pictures were taken in that apartment, and that apartment, as I understand it, was in the City of God. So I think it started out as all of these prefab houses, and like you said, got built up and built up and, and shops and everything. Well, that's quite interesting because I felt like the city shots towards the second half of the movie were a lot more elevated, like there was different levels, and they were, like you said, were built yeah. up. Um, so if it is meant to be the same place, then that's quite um, quite interesting. And that's essentially what I was saying to you when I was explaining that yes. these houses that they were put into these areas, they even do it still today, and how they're meant to be modular, you're meant to like add on to these houses as you can afford it, and it personalizes it. So mm-hmm. it lets these these less privileged people being able to contribute to their own houses and being able to build it. So these modular buildings are really quite popular and they get to like organically build their own city that they're living in rather than just having the government just put them in an area that they don't want to be in. And it's a much nicer way to start a community. And you yes. can see that because on these houses that you saw when they were children, the tile line along the top of the roof would Mm -hmm. keep going and you can see that it it has room for tiles to be put underneath it and -hmm. you can see where rooms and extra walls can be added to these buildings Um, and that's why they're designed that way. The scenes that were set in the 60s, all of the architecture is very, very uniform. It's exactly the same. And then the scenes that are set in the 70s, as you would expect in these kinds of climates, you see a lot more corrugated iron, you see a lot more... Um, materials that they can get their hands onto. Yes, you see, and there's a lot more texture and alcoves and spaces and alleys that you would feel like how it almost feels chaotic, and that is exactly the environment that would allow for it to become that. You know what I mean? Like something starting with something very uniform is exactly what would allow these people to create an environment that gives you that kind of chaotic feeling. Well, that's what they, these buildings are designed for. It's exactly. like putting up um, like a metal mesh or something and planting a, a vine near it and expecting that vine to eventually grow around it and making a nice plant feature. Like you'd, you're, you're putting these things in place ready for it to organically change itself so that it, yes. it has a nice uh, ending at the end. And that was the point of the things. So if this is meant to be the same era, like I watched the whole movie without realizing that that's also meant to be the same place because it looked so different. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's meant to be the same place, then that's, that's really quite cool. Yeah. I knew a bit about Brazil already. Actually, Brazil is one of the most dangerous countries in the world. I think Rio is one of the most dangerous cities. And more people die in Brazil every day than in any other country. So, like, I went into that kind of knowing, because I remember when I learned that initially, I was really surprised. I, I didn't know much about Brazil. 
This movie kind of just made me even a little bit more scared to go to Brazil. I don't mean that in a negative way. I don't know how to put it across in a different way. It's just there was a lot of gun violence in this movie. Yeah, well, this was set in the 70s. And like you said, they don't really care about killing people. They just do it very, very casually in this movie. Yes. And a lot of it, too, I think, was that there was a lot of gun violence. There was a lot of, like you said, guns being handled very casually, which I'm not used to being from Canada, where we have pretty strict gun laws, same as you in Australia. There were very young kids being recruited into these gangs. Oh, yeah. I know about kids selling drugs at a young age like that, but I'd never seen a representation of kids doing drugs when they're eight, yeah, nine years that's old. that's a good point. So that was shocking for me. There's a lot of very graphically depicted deaths and bodies. I think it was well done because I think it was showing it accurately. It was just intense. See, that being said, I like watching these movies and still seeing kids be kids when they were like at the beginning, they were just playing football despite of their background or whether they were less privileged. Um, Mm. They're just like, Kids are kids, no matter where they are, you know what I mean? And it reminded me a lot of, like, Slumdog Millionaire, which is a story about these kids growing up in the slums of India. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times, they're still just kids being kids, and I kind of like seeing that, because they still have these innocents, let alone what their their background is. Um, And it's nice to see that their background doesn't hinder them too much. So I like seeing things like that, and then the movie does take a, a turn as they grow up, And it shows them getting more and more into crime because you kind of have to, to survive. Yeah. The scene that's coming to mind for me when you're talking about that is the older boys, they're playing football, then they go hold up a propane truck, and then when they see the police coming, they stick their guns back in their waistlines and go back to playing football so that they don't look like they were involved in anything. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... And that's a daily thing that they would do, yeah. Yes, This felt very much like uh, a Tarantino film to me because... I can see that. Because you've got the... Like you said, you start off by showing the end and then you go back. And Tarantino is very good at doing that. And Mm -hmm. he also often has chapters and the chapters have a title. And then you've got a different feel through going all these things. And the way it's even shot. This is actually, I really quite liked the way it was shot. Some of the things that were done in this is very well done. It's very intentional. Like, it, to me, it was very chaotic. And I think, again, maybe part of the reason why I didn't like it is because the more chaotic it is, the more anxiety-provoking it is for me, and it, adrenaline is just not my jam. Yeah. But you could tell that it was intentionally done, and I will agree that it was well done. Um, and a lot of the shots that they took and the angles that they used were still quite good. Yeah, I think it's filmed very well. Yeah. You were also highlighting how diverse it is to be in Rio de Janeiro, and I picked that up in the yeah. whole movie. That's something that I learned about from when I was at international school, is that those those northern South America countries, does that make sense? The ones on the, the north end, so Brazil sure. and Suriname. Like Colombia and, and stuff. And Guyana and stuff. Um, They are very multicultural because you had a lot of black people who have been there for a long time because of the slave trade. You have a lot of white people who are there because of European colonization. And you have a lot of Hispanic looking people there because they were already there. So you get a mix of people that tend to actually coexist a lot better than in other places of the world. Yeah. 
It kind of reminds me of South Africa in that way because there are so it's very multicultural over there as well. But they get along much better because it's been that way for like 600 years. I just also thought it was really interesting how pretty much every single character had a nickname. See, I think they did that because it was a true story. Okay, so they just, okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking that they just wanted to protect, like even the main character didn't use his name until right at the end. Mm. I'm not sure if we can get much further into this without getting into spoilers, so here's your spoiler warning. I watched pretty much most of this movie without realizing that it was based on a true story until right at the end. Yeah, I didn't realize it was either. I think it makes it better. Like, if you watch something like this, knowing that it's fiction, you're, you're expecting more. But because it's based on a true story, it makes it better, I think. Okay. Go into that a little bit. Take, for example, Goodfellas. I don't yeah. really like Goodfellas as a movie, but I think it's better because I know it was a true story. So therefore, it's like, oh, you're, it's excusable to cut certain things out and not show certain other things because these were real events. You have more leeway. I think, too, it makes certain things like, wait, what? That actually happened? You know what yeah. I mean? Where, like, with Catch Me If You Can, you're like, that's ridiculous. Are you kidding me? That's because ridiculous. Because it's a true story, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Whereas if it was a regular action movie, you'd be like, come on, you could have made it more intense than that. Exactly. You know I mean? In a normal fictional action movie, you're expecting them to take an extra step further into the craziness. Because exactly. it's not real. So if you're able to make a good movie that's sort of, you know, average and based on a true story, it means, oh, okay, you did that with these restrictions. So therefore, we're going to knock it up a notch and it's considered better. What do you think about it? Or it's that? received better. I think you're right. Yeah. I didn't know it was based on a true story either. And I think it does make it a little bit more interesting that way. For some reason, I, Tanya is popping into my head as one of those because... If that were a fictional movie, that would be pretty boring. Yeah, but Margot Robbie, she was like, wait, what? She didn't know for the longest time that this was based on a real oh, person. Oh, right, yeah. Right? <laughs> we watched her in an interview or something, didn't you? Yeah. You were talking about the kids in the final scene. The very last thing that you see is a bunch of kids. These these kids must be like seven or eight, some of them. The oldest one's got to be like no more than 13 or 14. No, definitely not. Yeah. And they were telling each other by their nicknames as well and acting just like the other kids were back in the City of God in the 60s. And you were saying they, they all had these interesting nicknames as well. Yeah. I think that last scene's very powerful because it's showing that there's always another gang. There's always someone the else. The cycle's always going to continue. Exactly. Yeah. It's got, there's always that someone going to pop up who's going to replace you. You can't ever really get rid of it. Like, it was them shooting the current gang boss and them taking over these footsteps, essentially, saying that this is our territory now. I mean, to to say what you said again about kids just being kids, they were jumping up and down and clapping yeah. and screaming, it's our business now, it's ours. They just unloaded in this guy. They've been completely desensitized by it. Yeah, they were like seven. Yeah. You know, and just like guns and... and... I just think that's a very good final scene because it shows that it was like, it's oh, kind yeah. of all for nothing because you're you're not beating anything. It's just another step in the cycle. Yeah. If that yeah. makes any sense. This felt very much like a mafia movie. Going back to me mm -hmm. talking about Tarantino and Goodfellas, those like Tarantino movies and mafia movies always have like a big shootout. In the end, pretty much everyone is either in prison or dead. Mm -hmm. That's what happens in these movies, and that's very much what this felt like. 
gangster films, even though this is in the favela and it's children, um, it still felt very much like these these mafia movies with adults flashing their cash around. All the rules were the same. Yeah. The rules in terms of respect and killing people. Hierarchy. And yeah, it was all the same. Yeah. And it was interesting, too, to see how people rose up because, like... How old was Lil Zed? 19? I think he was... Was he 19? I, th- I thought he was meant to be like 16 or 17. That scene right before they started killing all the other hood bosses, he was 18. Okay. So when he was cutting it down to just him and Carrot, he was 18. So he couldn't have been more than 19. He was the boss of the entire city of God... And he was 19 years old, the yeah. most respected hood in, in the ghetto. It's just weird seeing a crime movie like this, organized crime, with the whole cast being kids. I mean, I carrot's an exception, but it's like, it's interesting take on that genre. Yes. And I think that's what was so like, wait, what for me? Because again, in North America and Australia, we've got pretty much the Italian or French mafias which are all run by adult men. Yeah. You know what I mean? You wouldn't be getting involved in that until you were at least 15, 16. Whereas in this scenario, by the time you're 15, 16, you're quite high up. So yeah, you, you're basically enrolled as soon as you can pull a trigger. Yeah, if you want to be. And that was the thing too. They were handing out guns left, right, and center for any reason. Yeah. Didn't someone say he punched me in the face? Yeah, this guy kicked me in the leg. I want to go kill him. Pretty much, yeah. See, that, again, is completely desensitizing and devaluing life. The yes. value of life is completely gone. Like, no one cares about life. Just just put a bullet in him. Shut up. And the thing... My nan used to always say this about, like, this is why kids have rules and why you're not allowed to, like, drink before you're 18 or, or use guns before you're a certain age just because kids don't understand that dead means dead. They don't understand what dead means. I wouldn't say that because I think these kids know that dead means dead. They just don't care. I think that's a different case. Or they learn fairly quickly. Yeah. Like those kids right at the end, they were jumping up in joy after killing little Zed. They knew that they killed him. They knew that there was dead means dead. I know what the consequences is. I just don't care. All right. I did think it was quite good. I agree with you that it was shot quite well. It made really good use of lighting. Um... Oh, that's what I wanted to comment on. I thought their use of costuming was fantastic. Yeah, like what? Just like the clothes, they looked like they were in the 70s. Yeah. The yeah. hairstyles. Like even the hairstyles look pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So that said, I thought that was great, especially considering the budget they had to work with. Um, not my cup of tea, totally, but I still appreciate it for what it was. It kind of felt like... Little Zed was kind of like a child version of Pablo Escobar, where mm. he's just like got so much power, so much money. He's able to just do this and that and go to these parties and everyone knows him and he's respected. I just felt very much like we were watching something like that. Yeah. Um, I know to bring it back to the mafia and crime movies with children, it's just, it was kind of like, oh, I've seen this before, but not in this setting with these people before, you know, it was yeah. kind of, it's a very different take. And I kind of liked that. It was probably the most refreshing part about it. I think still very sad that this is a reality, um, yeah. but interesting nonetheless. Yeah. 
I just wanted to say that I really quite liked Benny's character. Um, I think that was the point yeah. because he was one of the first major people to be killed, apart from the trio at the beginning. It said in there he was the coolest hood in the city of God. Yeah, everyone liked him. Well, he he got the respect, power, fame that little Zed did because he was like his brother, basically, um, yeah. without having the responsibility and everyone hating him. So he yeah. was like friends with everyone. So he got all the all the benefits basically because with he was also a nice guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, he was just like he had everything lined up for him, and that I kind of think that's the point of the movie. It showed you, oh, isn't this a shame because he died right at his peak and he wanted to get out. So they might have emphasized that a bit, but I just think that was a pretty cool character and a, yeah. a, an interesting scenario that he was in because of his connections to everyone. Like he was, there's a gang war in the slums and he's friends with both of the bosses. <laughs> I just think that's yeah. an interesting position and it's very rare to have one of those positions in these movies. Mm. And in a way, he was kind of keeping both of them alive. He was like, just like being the guy in the middle, just being like, oh, you know, let's just have peace and love. <laughs> yeah. There wasn't a whole lot that happened over two hours. There's obviously the the bit in the 60s, in the beginning, that was basically just setting up that little Zed's got balls because he was called Little Dice back then. Uh, well, and here's the thing is that this kid was like eight or nine years old and committed the biggest massacre that had occurred in the city to date. For fun. For fun, single-handedly. Yeah. yeah. He went and shot up, what, like 13 people? A yeah. whole brothel, just cause. Yeah, it's because he he wanted to have some more fun as well. Yeah. And then from probably like the last three quarters, it's all set in the seventies, and they're a little bit older, and it's just the story of these gang wars and how they evolve slightly over time. You know what I mean? Like really, not much changes. You recruit this guy, he dies. You recruit another guy, he dies. Like there wasn't a whole lot that actually happened in the last two hours. Do mm. you think? It was not a hugely compelling plot, so I agree with you. No, I think the biggest draw that it had was like, yes, you've seen this before, but it's kids in the favela and it's true. Mm -hmm. So if it wasn't kids in the favela and it wasn't true, I don't think it would have been on the list at all. Yeah. But I do think it was a very well-made film. I did like it, but I probably won't see it again. No, I agree with you. Yeah, you were saying you probably don't think that it should be in the top 30. It was made well. It was made well. But there are so many more compelling stories. Yeah. I do like how at the end of these things, they usually have like the real footage of the real actions and the real people and during the credits. That was cool. I always like those. Yeah. yeah. We have been Danielle and Brenton this week. Thanks for joining us. Feel free to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on all the socials and comment on SoundCloud. And until next week, thanks for listening. I think they did, and I'll tell you why. Because Rocket, the main character... We may never know. <laughs> yeah. Google makes her introduction... <laughs>